Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Hello, governor. <laughs> I will not be famous for my impressions or my accents. I might be infamous. Or as they like to say, infamous. But that'll likely get me arrested. Fortnite is something I like to talk about on a semi-regular, irregular basis on this show. The absolutely positively not required content that I keep coming back to. You want to know, is the market hitting a new high? The answer is yes. I want to talk about where do we go from here? One of the goofy predictions that's out there is that Sooner than later, a video game company is going to be a top 10 valued company in the world. Now, let's throw Microsoft and Sony out because they already are. Who does that leave? Electronic Arts? Take two. Electronic Arts is famous for Madden and hockey and soccer FIFA. As well as a couple other franchises. But I, I think their sports franchises are their crown jewels. Activision, which is known for Call of Duty. And a lot more intellectual property that's theirs. Like StarCraft, that they can make movies out of if they want to. Uh, whereas Electronic Arts, if they wanted to make a video game movie or a movie out of the video game, they're not making it out of the NFL or, or hockey or baseball, right? So companies that I've named so far that can become top 10, Electronic Arts, Take-Two, which has Red Dead Redemption and Grand Theft Auto, both can be movies, and I think both likely will. Both can be comic books, and I think both likely will. So we got Electronic Arts, Take-Two, Activision, and that's about it. And then you start getting into some companies like Epic, who does Fortnite, and Tencent, who is kind of like the Epic of Asia. There's more companies, trust me, I know. But these are the ones who I think are the real contenders to potentially be in a top 10 company. And I think Fortnite's doing something very interesting by trying to build a lot of community. And no, no, not Fortnite. Epic, who owns Fortnite, is doing a lot of smart things. They're letting developers in on their platform, saying, we'll give you a smaller cut than what Apple and Google charge. When I say smaller cut, you'll have to pay us a smaller cut. So they're trying to get a lot of people on, and they're giving away games for free, sometimes on a weekly basis. Civilization 7, Sid Meier's game, I downloaded it for free. I got a couple hours out of it. I'm like, I remember loving this game. Now I hate it. So it's gone. But you get the idea. Epic's got some shtick. Now let's talk a little Fortnite. Shall we? 
How many people play Fortnite? And how many people are still playing Fortnite? Not that long ago, a bad guy came to the Fortnite universe, a guy named Galactus. And a record 15.3 million concurrent players fought Galactus. Which if you stop and think about that for just a second, that's insane. 15.3 million people are all involved in a video game at the same time. If that doesn't give you concepts or ideas of Keanu Reeves and living in alternate realities, Neo, I don't know what would. 15 million people fighting one enemy and we're doing it through a computer and these are six-year-old boys and 50-year-old men. Um, it's all very Matrix-like without the humans that's been turned into zombies that are feeding the energy that think they're living in alternate reality, but they're not. I know you're saying, you're, you're stretching, Rob. No, I'm not. Not only did 15.3 million people play together at the same time, but 3.4 million people watched on YouTube Gaming and Twitch. So I add that up, I'm like up to 18.7 million. You do the last Super Bowl, which is the second week of February on a Sunday with Tom Brady usually playing the big game. And you get maybe 100 million people in America watching. And that's once a year, the biggest game of the year. Fortnite just pulled off 18.7 million people on a video game? Travis Scott's astronomical concert on Fortnite pulled in 12.3 million. Now I can get into Roblox and I can get into Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto is going to have a little concert by Little Nas X, the guy who came up with Satan shoes that stole from Nike. Nike instantly shut that down. <laughs> no more were being made. So if you got a pair, you're golden. But if you try to return them, they go back to Nike. So just throw that down there for you. Um, that's not the point of the segment. What is the point of the segment? I think it has something to do with Fortnite and Apple going head to head right now. And it's kind of like Godzilla versus Kong. They're going to court. And typically when Apple goes to court, they settle right before they go to court. I told you four years ago by Qualcomm because Apple was suing Qualcomm. You can't say you have a patent on the phone. That's ridiculous. And Qualcomm's like, well, we got a patent on the cell phone. You owe us money. And Qualcomm's chips also have patents on them, and they have licensing deals, and they sell hardware. They sell semiconductors on top of the licensing. And ultimately, it got settled. And if you listen to me, you made a poop ton of money on Qualcomm. You had to be patient, wait for the lawsuit to play out. So they're getting ready to go to court right now. The Battle Royale began in August of 2020. Apple pulled Fortnite from the App Store and Epic let users purchase V-Bucks, which is virtual currency for buying the game through its own payment system. Because Epic used to have to pay Apple 30% of all transactions. So when you're playing that, that Jewel game, and you're like, $1.99 for three more lives? Why not? I'm so close. 60 cents of that goes to Apple. That's a pretty good business. Apple's position is that strict App Store rules are needed for privacy, security, and consistent user experience. Epic says Apple shouldn't impose an opaque restriction on millions of developers that make game, apps and games. One of the main reasons consumers keep buying their phones. Kind of pointing fingers at each other. 
What does this all come down to? Do, re, me, money. If Apple loses the trial and is forced to let Epic use a different payment method, the floodgates open. Other developers will request the same flexibility, threatening one of the biggest sources of revenue from the App Store. Pokemon Go still pulls in billions of dollars of revenue, so you can buy Pokeballs and whatever you have to buy in Pokemon Go. Apple's digital marketplace supports over $500 billion a year in commerce, and the company makes billions of dollars from fees it charges for in-app purchases. For Epic, that cut of 30% is significant. For the guy who makes the Jewel game, maybe not so much. Fortnite generated about $700 million in revenue during the first two years on its App Store. Fortnite generated $700 million in revenue. It's a free game. And yet they're getting you to buy clothes and skins and things like that, right? But Fortnite would have made over a billion if it wasn't for Apple. Now, if you own Epic Fortnite, you're like, I want the billion. I want that 300 million. If you're Apple, you're like, eh, you don't get our phone. It's going to be an interesting court case, and it's starting right now. Let's get right into rumble! Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. This song's a tough one to step on. I think she's recently come out and said she's got some sleeping drug issues. Don't know why I threw that out there. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Wanted the sound effect to go and complete everything. You complete me. Um, Coinbase is getting ready to come public. Do we care? It's going to be a cryptocurrency play. My advice to you is if you should buy it or not, you should read the prospectus and stop asking me. You should look at how much money they've made, how much money they've lost. You should, inside the prospectus, will be a little thing that says something along the lines of risks and liabilities. The first page will be like a letter from the CEO, and he'll say something like this. We are great. We are excited. We are going to do great things with the money that we, we make, and good luck to all of us. But if you keep reading, reading, page, turn, page, turn, page, turn, page, you're going to get to the competitors. Page, turn, page, turn, page, turn, page, turn. You're going to get to the legal liabilities, lawsuits, risks of doing business. Uh, because the public, they have to file with the SEC and they have to say something along the lines of the good and the bad. If they were to say, we can turn straw into gold, everyone would buy. But what they have to say is we may not be able to get enough straw to turn it into gold, but we can do it. If you're picking up what I'm putting down, you got to read some of the stuff. You can't just hear a, a quote on a TV show or a radio show and go, that's for me. I'm more interested in the long term and midterm than I am in the short term. 
There's a phrase that pays in my book. That is something buy great companies. Don't worry about stock prices. Buy companies you would be proud to own. I can pull up a list of companies that I own right now in no way, shape, or form am I saying go buy these companies. I don't like to tout, but I own Facebook. I own Disney. I own Nike. I own a stinker there, Wells Fargo. I own Qualcomm. I own Apple. I own Visa. I own Google. Most of these I've more than doubled my money on um, in the last five to 10 years. Some of them I've tripled. Some of them I've quadrupled. Um, those are all companies that I kind of feel are going to be around when I'm an old man. And let's say I kick the bucket today. Those are all companies that my kids could run with and hold on to until they get to college, until they get married, until they want to buy a house, in my opinion. Maybe things will change. Maybe laws will change. You know, one law that might change and I think is very well likely under the Biden administration this whole thing of people like Joe Rogan and Elon Musk leaving California and going to Texas so they don't have to pay taxes in California, there's going to be an interstate tax exchange. That's coming. And I think it happens under the Biden administration where if you leave one state, your tax consequence follows with you. Not 100% sure, but it's almost too cute to think, well, I'm now worth a couple billion and I want to save a couple hundred million. Therefore, I'm going to move to a different state. Uh, now, some states like Florida and Texas are a lot leaner with their tax money than California and New York are. And I don't think either one of them is right. We saw great problems. Florida's got a lake that's got chemical waste in it, nuclear waste, toxic nuclear waste in a reservoir lake. Why? Because they're not collecting tax money to stop stuff from, from like that happening. Texas loses electricity for four days and children under the age of one froze to death. That can't happen in the United States. It can't. We were able to beat Hitler with the help of a lot of other countries, including Russia. We, we've risen to the occasion more than once, and we can't let children freeze to death because of electrical issues. So I throw it out there, buy great companies. Um, but as far as the thing that things can change in great companies, I do want you to know that. If Nike suddenly is taxed differently because they've got a lot of offshore manufacturing or Disney's taxed differently because states are worried that people are coming to the state and I'm just making one up to go to Disneyland and because people are coming from all the 49 other states to come to California, maybe California legislators will go, well, we're going to tax anyone who goes to Disneyland $2 because they're polluting all the state. Things can change. That's why I brought up the Biden tax thing, that you can't really assume that you can run from this stuff. Um, just my opinion. So buy great companies, don't necessarily buy. If you're not proud of it, why do you own it? When it goes down 10, 15%, do you want to buy more of it or not? 
I do. I look at downside not as a selling situation. I look at it as a buying opportunity. Same thing with the stock market. What I want to sell is my group think that went wrong. I want to buy more of the things that went right. So if I made a mistake on a stock, um, Wells Fargo, Warren Buffett owned it. It's one of the biggest banks. It does mortgages. We're going to do mortgages for years and years and years to come. And then, dang it, they get went from a mortgage issue to a we're ripping people off having them open accounts illegally. We are opening the accounts. They're not. They're getting the credit card and going, why do I have this? I didn't open an account. And the government gets involved and shuts them down. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Is this the XX? Who is this? Yeah, the XX. Okay. Um, I always found this to be an original sound. Something I like. It's called I See You. Which I am so not looking forward to Avatar 2, Avatar 3, and Avatar 4. I am so not looking forward to James Cameron coming out and going, blah, 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 greatest film ever. I'm the king of the Titanic. Uh, Will I see them? If my kids want to. But that phrase in that movie just drove me nuts. I see you. To me... Avatar was a movie that was Dancing with Wolves in Space. Now, Dancing with the Wolves is one of my favorite movies. Um, and I, I know you're saying, Kevin Costner? Do you want to hear sad? Field of Dreams is probably my favorite movie. Like, I hate saying that. I have different movies. I, like, I've got a favorite comedy. I've got a favorite horror. My favorite horror is a movie called Hellraiser. Made for under a million dollars. Um, I, I got things like that, but dance with the wolves with the scene where the Indian comes up to Kevin Costner and he goes, I do not hate you. You are my brother. Um, I just ball. Um, and I can't watch it cause it's a three and a half hour movie. So I've probably seen it all of like one and a half times, but you're picking up when I put it down. I think, um, and I don't know why I brought that up, but I did. So I hate Kevin Costner as an actor. He's an enigma to me, but he's turned out to be involved in two of my favorite movie projects. So clearly Field of Dreams is about a daddy issue, right? Spoiler alert. If you build it, he will come. It's his dad. It's not Shoeless Joe Jackson. It's his dad. And the relationship that he misses from throwing a ball with his his dad. And anyway, I digress. I'm not looking forward to the Avatar films. Because I see you. I don't need that anymore. I don't. I. I but Disney's going to make a lot of money on that one. That's one of those crown jewels that Fox sold that I don't know if people thought that one through. Disney got Avatar 2, 3, and 4. Oh, boy, they're going to print money on that one. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. 
One of the issues that I brought up earlier today is Facebook should buy LG. But you know who I really want to buy LG is Roku. Um, I think they've been one of the most innovative companies in the last 10 years. Amazon, Jeff Bezos, he is the, the blue flame of innovation. He is the Steve Jobs of the 21st century, in my opinion. You could say Elon Musk, and I'll say pretty damn close. I'll agree with you. I'm not going to fight you on that one. But Roku's done a really, really nice job of pulling together Netflix and Amazon and HBO and YouTube and TV networks and streaming. They've got 15 million people of Roku accounts. It's growing. They've streamed over 6.7 billion hours of content. They've just got into advertising. They've gotten into a soundbar, which is actually a pretty good soundbar for 150 bucks or whatever it's running. Um, it has their software built into it. Oh, for the record. Oh, drove me crazy. I was listening to another radio show the other day. And they're talking about like Sonos and how when you have smart speakers, they should, be, they should last a lifetime because they cost so much money. And here's the argument on that. So you buy a, like a Sonos, it's a wireless, it's a tech powered speaker and it is awesome. I've had some Sonos speakers that I've given away because over time they don't really function like modern speakers do. I know you're saying, what are you saying about that? That's why Apple hasn't cracked the TV yet is because Apple keeps coming up with menus and their GUI, their graphic user interface, becomes more and more demanding on RAM, more and more demanding on processing power. So when you go to Netflix right now and it starts streaming a show, you're like, that looks beautiful. Look at that interface. That's beautiful. That's not going to work on a TV that's five years old. So I heard some host bitching and moaning and complaining. You buy the $1,000 speakers, it should work for more than five years. No. No, that's like expecting your phone right now to run modern applications. We want better applications. We want faster applications. We want more complicated applications. That's the price of tech. You need to replace it every three years if you want to be cutting edge. With that said, there's a guy at the radio station who I love. He's in charge of production. I won't say his name just in case he doesn't want it brought out. He's got a flip phone that's over 12 years old. When he sends text messages, there's the button in the upper left called one. It's got ABC on it. And if he wants to start with C, he has to tap it twice or tap it once and wait for it to go from A to B to C. And if you send him a photo like, hey, the Giants are playing. It looks like they're going to go 162 and 0. And they're like, what an hour. And you send him a picture of that. You, I can't see the picture because it doesn't have a display. So I, I think I want to end with, I'm giving Roku a lot of credit, even though I've probably bought seven devices, uh, probably nine devices over 10 years. I love the platform. And it allowed me to leave Comcast. Now, I think Comcast is doing a pretty nice job of, they've just come up with a thousand channels. So when you first got your Comcast cable box, it, you were like two, three, four, five. Five was CBS, seven was ABC, right? And they moved that up to 702, 703, 704, 705 for digital. And then they moved it up to 1,000 for 4K HDR. They've got so much to offer to get your viewing entertainment. I'm a fan of Roku. I don't own any. I wish I did. 
big market correction, it's on my shopping list. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So sometime in 2021, I'm going to ask you, my fans or listeners or compadres or fellow Californians or fellow people with ears to do me a favor. I'm going to ask all you blackheads to go out and spread the word. I'm going to start some new projects. I'm not leaving radio, but I want to compliment what I do with maybe some stuff that is more exclusive content both for radio listeners as well as for podcast people. But it won't be streamed on radio, but I'm not going to hide it from the radio people if you get what I'm picking up. Um, money investing and more. That's the goal of the show, I think. One of the things I like to do is to talk through companies. Earlier in the show, I talked about Facebook needing to acquire LG's phone assets and how important it is they want to be a trillion dollar company zuckerberg has this grand vision that he keeps getting stymied on because he can't make a product he can't make hardware so he's gone all in with over 10,000 employees developing hardware for the oculus rift as that could be the how long he has to wait to pull this off but facebook wouldn't have to answer to apple's privacy issues or the government's privacy issues if they sold a phone it would be known that they're stealing data from you, that they're scraping it. And they could even give it away for free. Do you remember there was a business model? And you probably don't remember this because I'm probably older than you. But in 2000, we went through this crazy period in the late 1990s where Dell was, they were like the bellwether. And I think the definition of a bellwether is kind of a leader of the sheep. For lack of a better phrase, Dell was at, it's a leader of trends. It comes from Middle Eastern, not Middle Eastern, Middle English, bellwether, which referred to the practice of placing a bell around the neck of a castrated ram, leading the flock of sheep, because Lord knows the, the ram has to be castrated, otherwise he's hanging out with the sheep, but he's like, you don't look so bad. So a shepherd could then note the movements of the sheep from the distance from hearing the bell. If he couldn't see him, he could hear him. That's the idea. Um, where am I going out with this? Oh, back to the Facebook thing and the whole bellwether thing. Um, I'm a little sidetracked. But Facebook has to do this, in my opinion, if they want to be a leader. Now they're trying to do it again with augmented reality and virtual reality. They need hardware. At one point in time, Amazon and Apple, and I'm sorry, Amazon and Facebook both came out with phones. Amazon had this weird thing. It was like, well, you, wait till you see this one on September 1. Only 90 days from now, we're going to show you this phone that's got holograms. And when it was released, it was a flop. It was dead on arrival. This leads us to Dell in the 1990s. At one point in time, computers were $4,000. If you make $50,000 a year, that's a lot of money. 
but people paid it. And a couple years later, components got a little cheaper, processors got a little faster, RAM got a little cheaper. So the $4,000 computer became the 3500 3500 a couple years later, became the 3000 3000 became 2500 2500 was this price point that was suddenly a lot more doable. And it helped companies like Circuit City and companies like Best Buy. People would go in and, and look at computers and go, I want that one. So Dell was the bellwether. The $2,000 computer cracked 1500 1500 cracked 1000 And then you started hearing something called e-machines. Do you remember e-machines? Well, Compaq and Cyrus, Compaq really couldn't compete with Gateway. Gateway couldn't compete with Compaq. Compaq couldn't compete with Dell. Gateway went out of business. Compaq went out of business, became Hewlett Packard. Like it all just flopped. And Dell was the one left standing because they were able to do it cheaper than everyone else. And then e machines came along. And their promise was if you install a software bar, we'll give you a freaking computer for free. When it got down to $199, you had to have hardware, software on it that let them deliver you commercials while you're reading your email, while you're checking the internet scores, while you're. You weren't doing a lot on the internet in 2000. When we look back on it, that whole nirvana, that whole happy world of a free computer, and all you had to do was give up your data, it never really materialized. It never stuck is the better word. It morphed into something different. So many, many, many years later, you get Facebook. They can't do a phone. But they, they want that data. I, I say they got the e-machines e business model and say, we'll give you a phone. It probably won't have all the latest, greatest on it. Or do they go after the augmented virtual reality angle? And what a dang surprise it would be if Apple beat them to it and did it better than they did it, right? Anyhow, there's a company called Moderna that I want to throw down if you have problems with immigrants, try to just give me 30 seconds, 90 seconds on this. The founders of Moderna, um, is it Moderna or BioNTech? Uh, now let me get this right. Um, no, it's BioNTech. See, at least I caught myself before I went out there and gave you bad information. The founders of BioNTech, it's a German biotech company based in Mainz, Mons, Le Mans, that develops and manufactures active immunotherapies for patient-specific approaches to treatment of diseases. They are the guys who've come up with a shot that is being used to put into our arm to ultimately defeat COVID. It's a vaccine that was started by two Turkish immigrants that came to Germany, Uğur Selin and Özlem Turushi, who were already billionaires before the pandemic. They're cute. They ride bicycles to work. They're cute. They haven't let the money go to their head. They're cute when you send them an email and say, I just got my first shot. I just want to say thank you. There's no reply from them that's like, from the makers of BioNTech, we are very honored that you are taking our shot. Thank you so very, very much. There's a response that goes, that's really cool. 
um, you know, uh, go out and have a good day now. It's this crazy human response that you're like, it's beautiful. I had a soccer coach that was from Iran growing up and he loved me. So he'd pay my soccer dues because my parents didn't really believe in that. And I go on to get a scholarship <laughs> and I go on to play at a pretty high level. And I had one Iranian coach who took a fancy to me because I'd play keeper and I was crazy. So I'd ride my bike. I'd watch the other kids try out the rich kids as I'd refer to them. And he's like, you want to play? I'm like, yeah. He's like you'd be on my team. And he was fantastic. He was, he was an Iranian uh, soccer coach and I lived on an American base and, uh, He'd curse. He'd, he'd drop the F-bomb, the S-bomb. He'd tell these seven-year-old kids, you're stupid. You'll stink, you. And the F-word and the S-word and like everything else. Uh, he didn't hit us or anything crazy, but I loved it. I thrived on it. Keep in mind, I had a dad who was alcoholic who didn't yell at me. He just ignored me. So to get any sort of attention from a following figure is fantastic. But he was an immigrant, right? He came to America. He gave up his Iranian citizenship to join the U.S. military. Awesome. And he was a great coach. And he believed in me. He was probably the first person to ever believe in me. He put his money where his mouth was. Soccer dues were probably 25 bucks for six months. And he'd have me spring, summer, and fall. Um, I didn't stay with him forever. I moved on to bigger and better things. But he was an immigrant. And these guys from BioNTech, immigrants. The guys from Google, immigrants. Guys from Yahoo, immigrants. Uh, they are such an important part of the American fabric. Immigration, let's face it, most of us are from immigrants. I got Scottish in my blood. I've got French Scottish. Ugh. Talking about being pasty white. I'm the most Caucasian man on the planet. It's, it's not a good look. When you're in a dark room and you take off your shirt, <laughs> it kind of, you, people could see you. You're almost iridescent. But the founders of BioNTech receive one of Germany's highest honor. And they're a scientist couple. They're in a global spotlight. Um, they're working with the U.S. giant Pfizer. Uh, incredibly smart people who, I, for lack of a better word, bootstrap themselves to financial success. And yet they're the most humble people. And vaccines have saved over 250 million people in the last 20 years. And they're taking the vaccine to the next level. They're on to mumbling about cancers and Alzheimer's disease. They've already moved past the COVID. We now know how to develop a vaccine, unlike any other vaccine before, because these guys figured out mRNA. Um, I, I, I think that's amazing. It almost, I cannot be honest with you. I'm almost teary. So if you know any immigrants or people from immigrants, you probably do. Just look around the room today. It's all of us. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial and the values they add to our society. Even today. Unbelievable. My kids not get cancer because of two Turkish immigrants going to Germany. Maybe. Find me online at robblackshow.com.